0: Welcome to the Odessa First Assembly Podcast. I'm Tony, the Digital Ministry Manager here at OFA, and I'm excited to be with you today for our sermon series, Healing. This series is all about experiencing wholeness and restoration in our lives through the healing power of God's grace. We'll be hearing from our lead pastor, Todd Starnes, his wife, Pastor Angela Starnes, and myself as we explore topics such as, does God still heal, maintaining a healthy spirit and body, and persevering in faith during times of struggle. We believe that God wants to bring healing to every area of our lives, and we're excited to see what he has in store for us through this series. So join us as we dive into scripture and discover how God's love and compassion can transform our lives and communities. Without further ado, here's today's message from our sermon series, Healer. Good morning. Glad all y'all are here. I was worried. I told Brittany that Pastor Todd announced last week that I was going to be preaching, so I figured everybody's going to go on an extended spring break. I was like, dang. I'm glad to see all y'all are here. I'm honored to get the opportunity to share with you guys. I've been super nervous because normally PT lets me speak about what I want, so we're going to talk about getting free from drugs and alcohol, (laughs) which is what I know best. And we're going to talk about that a little this morning too, but we're going to talk about Healing. I get to continue this, this awesome series on healing. I'm super glad to be a part of that. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead. We're, key scripture for this series is, is Matthew 4, verses 23 and 24. We're kind of going to be all over the place this morning, but a lot in the book of Matthew. But first, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity this morning, God. I thank you for this group of, of people, Lord. Father, I thank you that you are our healer. God, and that we can, we can come before you, Lord, with, with whatever our problems, whatever our sickness or disease, Lord, and you are good to stand on the promises that you've made for us, God. Lord, I pray for the next few minutes that it just be your words and not mine, Lord, and these, all of our hearts be good soil for what you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. So Matthew 4, 23 and 24, it says Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick, and whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic... Or paralyzed, he healed them all. So last week, PT opened up by sharing a lot of stories about healings that that he has seen in in his years of ministry. And he said that he could have kept going. And I was I was super I was really encouraged by that. Like just just to hear all those all those accounts of of faith. And I don't have near that many, but I do have a couple. And, and I want to share it with you this morning. And believe it or not, both of them came from Teen Challenge. <laughs> so the, the first story I want to tell you about is, is um, after I'd been I'd probably been in the program about six or seven months. If you guys don't know, Teen Challenge is a, is a 13-month discipleship program um, for, for guys and girls who are dealing with life-controlling issues, and they can go and they can get to know God. And so I, I'm a graduate of, of Teen Challenge. And so I've been there for about seven months. I moved up to room captain. We had three guys per room. And when you're room captain, you kind of start to be responsible for these guys. It, it's your first duty as like a senior student when you, you've you been there a while. And there was a guy and his name was Remy. And, and Remy showed up and Remy had been strung out on heroin. And he was skinny and he was sick and Teen Challenge isn't a medical program. There's no, it's guys like me who have graduated. That's the staff there. So, I mean, if somebody had some medical experience, it's just coincidental. But there's no trained medical staff. And for those of you who don't know, heroin or any type of opioid, when you're coming off of it, it makes you very sick. It's a physical reaction that that needs some medical care. And so Remy had just got done with, with what's called kicking. But he was still He was still pretty sick. He spent some time in bed and 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 he wasn't he just wasn't well. Um, His father was involved in church. Uh, Remy had been homeless before coming to Teen Challenge. His his two boys were living with his dad. Uh, Just a lot of stuff I could relate to. And so I I started to, to pour into this guy. And he ended up taking over the kitchen ministry from me when I left. And just just earlier this week, he, he sent me a text and he said, Hey, man, I uh, know we haven't talked in a while, but I want you to know that I passed my journeyman plumber exam. And he started sending me pictures he sent me a picture of this beautiful home in in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you guys aren't familiar with Oklahoma and Edmond, it's a pretty well-to-do area. That was a nice house. And he, his one of his sons has started living with him full-time and he's married and he uh, not only did he pass his journeyman plumbing exam, but the company that he works for is actually based out of Tulsa. They had him open a branch in in Edmond, which is why he moved there. And he sent me a picture that he took in the gym bathroom, and I can't put it up on the screen, but it looked like one of those statues you see over. I mean, he looking a lot better than me. I said, well, I don't, you, you don't do enough plumbing if you got time to go to the gym after. <laughs> but he looked good, and, man, that's healing. That's healing to me. It wasn't that instant you know, right now transformation, but that's healing. That's a life changed. If, if you guys don't know the statistics, 2% of people make it in recovery. That's the national average It's 2% of people make it in recovery. But I was talking to a good friend of mine this week. He was actually my room captain and Teen challenge. And he said, you know what? Yeah, 2% of people make it in recovery, but a hundred percent make it with Jesus. A hundred percent make it with Jesus. You put him in your life and you're going to make it. And so, you know, it wasn't that that instant, just super awesome miracle like we see in the video of the, the leper skin just being healed immediately. Uh, but Remy's story is powerful and it's encouraging. This has been years that he's been successful now that he's put God the center of his life. And I believe that's healing, that's healing of his body, that's healing of his family, that's healing of his spirit. Uh, but I have another story for you. So, When I was in the program, there was this evangelist that came around, and if you guys uh, have talked to me much, you know that that he was really inspirational to me. In fact, the first time he came to the program when I was pretty new is when I felt the call to ministry. I was like, that's what I want to do, is is what he's doing. It it was super powerful, and he was a graduate of the the program there in Dallas. His name's Jeff Johnson. Uh, Man, just anointed man of God. I've Posted some videos, or not videos, but pictures of, on my Facebook in the past of uh, that night when Jeff came, and, and he had a word from the Lord for some people, and he had a word for me, and I started to argue with it, and before I could, I just was on my face bawling before the Lord, because it was a real word. <laughs> but Jeff came back later in my program. I, I graduated, and I, I was an intern now and Jeff had came back again. You know, he, he traveled around. That, that's pretty much his ministry is going to recovery programs all over the country and, and sharing the good news and sharing what God... He's been out here to the Middle and Teen Challenge a couple times, and he always reaches out to us and our, our family and invites us out. Um, but the second time he came, we had this brother in the program, and he was a little bit older. Uh, I'm not going to say how old, because last time I said an older guy, and then I said how old some of y'all were like. That's not... That's not older, but he was older than me, um, and his, his name was Glenn, and when Glenn came to the program, his, uh, Glenn was an alcoholic, and he had fell and hurt himself, and his, his foot and ankle were broken, and at the Teen Challenge I went to, you, you did two things. You studied the Bible, and you worked. Uh, we did car wash. We had a thrift store. But you worked on your feet for eight, 10 hours a day, six days a week. Um, that's how they didn't, they, weren't, they didn't have to charge people like me to come to the program, is you had to get out and do work. And so Glenn may have oversold the condition of his foot when he was getting brought into the program. Oh, it's just a sprain. Well, then he went to a follow-up doctor's appointment. It's just a bunch of little pieces that are down there. And Glenn was about to get released from the program. He had been there a month and a half or so, I think. And his condition wasn't getting any better. People were having to help him even with his chores uh, because he wasn't able to get around that well. And it, it's just, it's not that they didn't want him to change, but it's a requirement to be there, uh, that you have to be able to work. And Jeff came around, and he was up there uh, preaching and sharing what was on his heart, and Glenn was probably three rows back, and, and we're, we're just in a lobby area. Uh, Jeff isn't on a stage above everybody. He's on the same level, and we're all just sitting in chairs, and Jeff just stops, and, and he says, somebody here's got a broken bone, and everybody. there's only one of us who had a broken bone. So we, all look at, we all look at Glenn and Jeff goes over there and he prays for Glenn. And he calls all of us over. He says, I want all you guys to pray. I want all you guys to believe. And we, we all circle up and we all pray for Glenn. And it just so happened, like you'll talk about how the Lord works things out. It just so happened that the next day Glenn had a doctor's appointment scheduled. And if that doctor said that Glenn couldn't come out of that stuff pretty quick, they were going to release him from the program. When Glenn went to the doctor, his ankle and his foot were completely healed. Not only did Glenn, yeah, not only did Glenn get to stay with the program, he actually became marketing director for Oklahoma Teen Challenge. He actually stayed on and, and moved, and God did a great work in his life and, and healed him and changed him. And so I've got a little bit of a long-term healing story. I've got plenty of long-term healing stories, but, but Remy just stood out to me because he called me this week, and I'm, I'm super proud of that guy and, and, and how he's doing. Um, and then Glenn's story, just that, that instantaneous, that, that miraculous healing. When you think of a miracle, you think of, tend to think more of stuff like, like Glenn. So speaking of miracles, I was, I was just curious. You know, I, I have a couple stories. Pastor Todd had a bunch of stories. If you would, I know it's, it's scary to raise your hand in church. But if you've seen a miracle, would you, raise, would you raise your hand if you've witnessed a miracle? If your hand's not up, look around. Keep your hands up. If your hand's are not up, look around. Look at all the people around you who have witnessed the miracle of God. That's encouraging. That's encouraging. God is still in the business of healing us. He's still in the business of, of healing our body, healing our mind, healing our spirit. And there's some miracles in here because you guys know that I work with the people in recovery and... Um, they're miracles, and if you haven't got to talk to them and hear some of the stuff that they've been through and overcame, I challenge you to just take a second and listen to their testimony and be encouraged about what God is doing in people's lives. So today, for, for part two, I, I want to talk to you guys about the, I, I was praying, I was getting ready for this, and I, I really felt like I wanted to talk about the Correlation between a healthy spirit and a healthy body, because I believe they go together, and and I believe that Scripture shows us that they go together. And I've got some Scripture, and I've I've got some some personal stories um, that that line up with that. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, an American poet, said that the foundations of a person are not in matter, but in spirit. That, that our foundation is not built on flesh and blood, but our foundation is, is built on spirit. And so I want us to look this morning at Matthew 6, and 23. It says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And look at this last line. I I, I usually read out of the ESV or the, the NIV, but this is the NLT, and I really like this last line. It says, if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Often we, we heard, we've heard the expression that the eyes are the window to the soul. And I know in this scripture that, that Jesus, he's talking on, on the uh, part of the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking about uh, us coveting other things and us looking at other treasures. But this, this scripture, it really speaks to me about the, the condition of your soul, your condition of your spirit, and, and that light inside of you. And if that light is dark, man, the rest of you is dark. And it uses the word uh, unhealthy there. And, and I'm gonna, we're going to go over some, some relationship between the two. But first off, what is, what is spiritual health? When we talk about having a healthy spirit, what, what does that even mean? Well, after doing some digging, the, the best definition that I could find is spiritual health is when your faith in the Lord allows you to feel at peace with life and you can find hope and comfort in the hardest times. That, that even when it's not looking good, when even when there's more months than paycheck, or even when the doctor's giving you a bad diagnosis, or even when you're having some, some friction at work or some friction at home, that your hope can be in the Lord. And you can lean on Him and not lean on your own understanding. Proverbs 3 says, lean not on your own understanding, but trust in the Lord God with all your ways. And so that, that's what I think that spiritual health is. When you cannot uh, instantly hop on Facebook and trash somebody or, or you cannot enter into the, the gossip group in your group text, but but you could take it to the Lord and you can lean on him and you can and you can say, Lord, help me with this because I'm I'm not getting it. I'm, I'm hurt and I'm wanting to to lash out. We the saying we have is hurting people, hurt people. It, it's just a it's a, a symptom. Hurting people hurt people. While I was getting ready for this sermon, I found so many different studies that show factual. These were not, these, these were not studies that were done by Christian organizations. These, these were medical organizations that have factual evidence that a healthy spiritual life brings balance to your body and helps with the healing process and coping with long-term illness. There's real data that shows that having a healthy spirit leads to a healthy body. Before I get a lot deeper into the storytelling, I wanna clear, make one thing clear because I don't want what I'm sharing to be misinterpreted. And so our, the first point for today is this, not all sickness is the result of sin. But all sin affects our mental, physical, and spiritual health. So no way, shape, or form, don't don't be texting Pastor Todd, and Tony said I'm sick because I'm a sinner, because I'm a sinner too. Um, I'm not saying that's why you're sick or that's why you haven't received your healing. I am saying that sin is not healthy, (laughs) that sin takes a toll on you, that sin separates you from the one who can heal you, I told you I'd tell some personal stories, and I'm going to start with a, a story that happened to Brittany, and I have, a, I have permission, I have permission to tell this, to tell this story, because y'all might hear it and be like, I hope he asked before he, <laughs> before he said that. As y'all know, about late summer, early fall of last year, Brittany got real sick. Uh, she has... Present tense, a condition called pseudotumor cerebra. And what it means is that her body acts like she has a brain tumor. Uh, the, the fluid that your your brain sits in, her body produces too much of it. Uh, it increases the pressure around her brain. Um, there's no, it's not like when you drink a bunch of water and you need to relieve the pressure. There's no way that that really works. So sometimes it comes out her nose, sometimes it comes out her ear. Um, it's affected her a lot. And, and you know, through, through prayer and, and just the generosity of, of our church family, we were able to get through that season. But right before she got sick, there was an incident with some family that had happened. And this family's not living for the Lord. And go figure that sinners act like sinners. And some stuff happened that had me ready to drive across the state to defend my wife's honor. But it really deeply wounded Brittany. And she got offended. And that, that offense and that anger festered, and it turned into hate, deep hate. And Brittany found herself, when, when she first got diagnosed with this condition, bedridden, had a, had a catheter in because of this condition. And so all she's doing while she's laying in bed is stewing on, on this hate, on this anger that she has for this family. But the Lord will take you and isolate you when he needs to. And I, I remember I was talking to, to Vicki Bullard, and she said, you know, in Psalms 23, it says, he will maketh you lie down in, in green pastures. He, he will make you sometimes. Sometimes he's like, hey, lay down, chill out. <clears throat> and so during this time, God began to work on Brittany's heart. And God began to show her that the way she was feeling was not right, that, that she didn't need to be holding on to that anger. She didn't need to be holding on to that offense. She didn't need to be praying the things that she was praying. Because We're told to pray for our enemies, but there's a certain way <laughs> and so the Lord began to work on her heart, and finally she released that anger. She she laid it before God, she let it go. She stepped into a heart of forgiveness and began to allow God to, to heal. That hurt in her. And the next day she got out of bed. The, the, the next day she, she got out of bed. Now, she still has her condition. It's a condition she'll live with for the, the rest of her life more than likely. But she's not bedridden anymore. She's not on the, the catheter anymore. She's able to, to get up and she just got back from a trip, from going and seeing some family. She's able to do things we have to manage this condition. We have to work with doctors. All these things were given to us by God. But when she got her spirit back in line with God's spirit, her condition changed miraculously. Her condition changed overnight. And God can do that for you too. I found some, some research from, from John Hopkins. John Hopkins is a major uh, medical organization, does a lot of awesome studies. They're very... They're very revered, and it says, studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health, lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol levels and sleep, reducing pain, blood pressure, levels of anxiety, depression, and stress, and research points to an increase in the forgiveness health connection as you get older. There is an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed, says uh, Karen Swartz, director of Mood Disorders Adult Consultation Clinic at John Hopkins. Chronic anger puts you into fight or flight mode. This results in numerous changes in heart rate, blood pressure, and immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, and diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels leading to improved health. Medical research, that scripture is true. Last year, at at the beginning of uh, 2022, you know, we, we start, our years here at, at OFA, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I and and during that time, we, we open the sanctuary at certain times for, for people to come up and, and pray. And the very first night of, of prayer and fasting for 2022, I came up here and, and I was running a little late and, and the lights were down, there's music playing and PT's over here with his arms up praying and I think Mike was down here and Charmin's over here. Y'all you know, are deacons are around praying and um, you know it could be more than the deacons that come up and pray. I just want to plug that a little bit. Come up here and pray during twenty one days of prayer and fasting. I know you can pray at home, but there's something special that happens in the sanctuary. So I encourage you guys to come be a part of it. But I, I came in and, and man the Spirit of God was just moving all around the room and, and I, I, I sat down in this pew and I was like, Okay God Hello? Is this thing on? I didn't feel anything. I didn't, it was like the phone was just ringing. You know, uh, I guess it's maybe an older church saying, but PT says like the, the heavens are brass. You know, like my, my prayer wasn't getting through, nothing, nothing was happening. I'm, I mean, I didn't feel anything. And all of a sudden, God said, you're holding on to a fence to one of the leaders at this church and I'm not going to talk to you until you go make up with them. <sighs> Y'all, it's hard to say that you're wrong. It, it, it's hard to, to go to somebody and say, hey, you probably don't even know this. But you hurt my feelings. <laughs> and knowing this person, I guarantee they didn't mean to hurt my feelings. But my feelings were hurt. And I held on to it. And I let it stew and grow. And and I went and I apologized to them. And I asked them to forgive me for holding on to that offense. And I came back in and I was plugged right in. And I had breakthrough and growth through the entire rest of the time of 21 days of prayer and fasting because I let go of that offense. I let go of that. I stepped into a heart of forgiveness. In Matthew 5, it it says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, so if you're going to the altar and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, Tony Amplified version, or you have something against someone, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice. Let it go before you, you go up here to pray. Again, I'm not saying the reason that your prayer hasn't been answered is because you're a sinner or because you're holding on to unforgiveness because if God only healed people who weren't sinners, we would all be sick. but I'm saying that I can only share with you from my own life experience, and I've seen where hurt, unforgiveness have blocked me, have separated me from what God had for me. Jesus cares about your spiritual health. It's important to him. We, we talk of this whole series is about how Jesus went around healing, and how he healed them all. But his spiritual, your spiritual health is important to him. In, in Luke 5, starting in verse 18, we're, we're all familiar with this, this story. It, it, it's the story of the, the uh, paralytic man. And often I think when we tell this story, sometimes we, we focus on the fact that he was healed, but we also focus on the fact that his friends brought him. You know, look look what the faith of your friends can do. And that's very true. You should surround yourself with godly people and let their faith encourage your faith. But I want to point out something a little different today. It says, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. Y'all picture that. Imagine being a paralyzed person. And your friends say, we know a guy. I've seen this guy heal some people. He just touches them and they're healed all over the place. He spit in this dude's eye and he could see again. We're gonna take you. Oh gosh, there's a line. All right, cool. Let's get up on the roof. We're gonna rip, we're gonna rip the roof open and we're gonna lower you down. And this guy's like, wow, this is happening. This is cool. And Jesus says, Your sins are forgiven. It's not what I came for. <laughs> that's not what I wanted, I wanted to walk. But okay, you know, thanks, Jesus. Verse 21, it says, But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Verse 23, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone wants, the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home, praising God. So he received his healing, but before Jesus healed his body, he healed his spirit. He made him right with the doctor. He made him right with the physician. Then Isaiah 55, it says, who can know the, the mind of God? Who, who know his thoughts are greater than our thoughts? I don't know. Why Jeff prayed for Glenn that day and and Glenn's foot got instantly healed, but I've seen and prayed for other people who are sick and we're still praying for them. I don't know. God knows. His ways are higher than mine. But what I do know is the Holy Spirit knows what you need. The Holy Spirit knows what we need. So let's look at another story of of healing. Uh, This is Acts 3. It's one of my favorite stories in scripture. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. So he's not there for the worship service. He's not there to pray himself. He's there to ask for some money. That's his purpose for being there. That's what he feels he needs is to go beg for some, pe- for some money for some folks. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then, walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. The Holy Spirit knows what we need. This man went to the temple to, to try to get some provision. We all need provision. We all need uh, to eat. We all, we all need water to drink. We, all, we have needs. But the Holy Spirit knew what he really needed, and that was an encounter with Jesus. He needed that encounter with Jesus Christ, and that healed him. Notice that both of these stories, they end the same way. The man was healed, and they praised God. The man was healed, and he praised God. Praise is the heartbeat of spiritual health. Your heart makes that little... Doo-doo, 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 doo-doo. Probably a bad heart impersonation, but you guys get what I mean. Your heart makes that sound. It's got a rhythm to it. Praise is that rhythm. C.S. Lewis said praise is inner health made audible. Praise is inner health, made audible. Researchers have found that when we worship God, this is, this is so cool. I'm, I'm a nerd, y'all. And I, I love stuff like this. And uh, my wife shares in that joy with me. She, she likes to nerd out on, on how, the, the, how God can be proved real with science. You know, science tries to disprove God, but all it's doing is proving he's there. Researchers have found that when we worship God, there is an increase in this thing called BPNF, which is a neurotransmitter that's in your brain. You know what it does? Helps grow new healthy brain cells. That when you praise God, when you enter into praise and worship, your brain begins to make new healthy brain cells. That same research shows that seven minutes of worship every day will physically change your brain. Seven minutes of worship every day. Not 30 minutes of worship on Sunday. Not 30 minutes of worship on Sunday. Seven minutes every day. How long is seven minutes really? Two songs. Two songs. If if you if you go with the spontaneous worship, it might just be one song. Some of the some of the worship tracks get long. They're, just, they're feeling the spirit. But it can physically change your brain. Your brain begins to, to reproduce new cells. The the pathways, the, those old thoughts of you believing that you can't be healed, of you believing that you're not good enough, of you believing that the promises of God are not for you, that you'll never make it, that you'll always be a loser, that you'll always uh, deal with problems, that you'll never break free from addiction, those pathways begin to change. And now the shorter pathway for your thoughts to travel become I am fearfully and wonderfully made, Become, I am a child of the one true king, because God has a plan for me to prosper and not to harm me. That becomes where your mind goes the quickest. But it takes that, that seven minutes of, of worship, just seven minutes, like that's, that's nothing, that's, that's nothing, and you know, more than seven minutes doing this right here to get caught up in the morning talking to myself too. I, I like YouTube. So in Mark 9, we, we see a healing. We see this man who has brought his son before the disciples, and, and the son is demon-possessed. And the disciples have, have tried to heal, and they, they've prayed for him. I mean, this kid's pretty bad. He's throwing himself in the fire. He's you know, throwing himself in the water. This demon is, is trying to kill this boy. And the disciples, these are guys, they've already been performing miracles. Jesus sent him out to do good works, but they can't heal this one. And so they bring him to Jesus, and the father asked him, If he can, Jesus, can you heal my son? Mark 9 verse 23 says, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. And the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Sometimes it's hard to come back up here to these altars. Sometimes it's hard to lay it down again. Sometimes it's hard to say, God, forgive me again. Sometimes it's hard for us to go back to our brother or our sister and say, and I'm not talking about just your physical brother or sister, I'm talking about your brother or sister in Christ and say, hey, I was really short with you. I'm sorry. Hey, I, I was unkind and I'm sorry. I I was I, I didn't realize what you were going through and I'm sorry that I was offensive to you. Will you forgive me? And that's been the big thing that I love. Y'all aren't going to love and respect on Wednesday nights, that will you forgive me? Just circle that I I've, I've gotten a lot better at saying I'm sorry. Brittany's not in here, so we could <laughs> I've gotten a lot better at saying I'm sorry. But that tacking on that, will you forgive me? Will you, will you forgive me? Will you? And of course, he does every time. She's good. She's good. She Her and Jesus—they always forgive me, no matter how much I mess up. But my point is, friends, is, is this, this father—he he took his son to Jesus, and, and and he believed, but he needed help. Lord, help me overcome my unbelief. So, friends, I encourage you, have faith, even if you haven't seen it yet. Even if you haven't seen God move in your life yet. Even if you haven't received that miracle, that breakthrough that you've been praying for, that you've been fasting for, that every time uh, somebody asks if there's a prayer request, you put your hand up, and and you want to be prayed for, and you haven't seen it yet, don't give up. Have faith, even if you haven't seen it yet. Hebrews 11 says that faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. It's the evidence. Because I may not believe, I may not have seen, excuse me, I may not have seen that, that healing, that promise come to fruition, but I see it right here. I believe it right here. I know that, that that breakthrough is gonna come. I know that that friend that I pray for every time that he calls me, when he's down on his luck, when he's hit another hard spot, and we pray together, I know there's going to come a day that we're going to pray together for other people. That family member, when, when Pastor Todd is up here and he's, and he's giving an altar call, and, and he says, maybe the Lord is stirring a name in your heart right now, and every time I pray for my mom, I know that one day I won't have to pray for her anymore. Because that prayer is going to come true. That she's going to turn her life around too. That she's going to give her life to God. Peter said in Acts 3, he said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give freely. And that's what I have for you today, friends. I, I, don't, I don't have this, this big miracle to, to show you but I can introduce you to the one who can. I can introduce you to the one who changed my life. I can introduce you to the one who changed a whole lot of lives around you. I can introduce you to the, the one who I've seen heal sickness. I can introduce you to the one who when I had to go away from a year from my son because I had been dragging him around to dope houses here in town who restored that relationship because it wasn't me who did it. It wasn't me who allowed him to forgive me. Statistically, he shouldn't be sitting in the back of the room right now. Statistically, he should be doing the same stuff that I was doing at his age. Because that's all he was shown growing up. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. It's not me. People people try to tell me all the time that oh you're such a good dad. And I receive that. I know I'm not a bad but it's God that made that boy the way he is. It's not me. As we get ready to close. we've we've looked at we've looked at what spiritual health is we've looked at how offense how unforgiveness how sin can separate you from what god has for you we've looked at how entering into a A heart of forgiveness, how entering into a heart of of praise can physically make you better. We stand with me, church. Thanks for tuning in to the Odessa First Assembly Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's message, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on social media for updates and inspirational content throughout the week. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Odessa First AG. And if you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us in person for our Sunday morning services at 10.30 a.m. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook, YouTube, and Church Online. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Odessa First Assembly Podcast.